Hello and welcome back to the Anime Intellectuals podcast where we live in a in a a near future or, or distant past depending on when you're listening to this where we haven't been annihilated by nuclear warfare yet. Um so we're chilling. We thought might as well get out another one of these episodes while we still can because this will be our last one most likely. Probably. Is the situation over there getting any better? Well, it depends on your uh, perspective. It turns out the Ukrainians are tougher than the Russians had previously anticipated. Yeah. And hopefully they just I, give up. Then things are not going well for them, but they they don't intend to give up anytime soon because they're like asking China for weapons and they're hiring yeah. Syrian mercenaries. God. <laughs> so. Fun times. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Putin to say, oh, screw the invasion. Nuclear war time. That'll be the end. I just watched. Um... Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Have you seen that? No. It it was the one our history teacher talked about all the time. You remember how we talked about it all the time? I just don't remember that. Oh, well, he used to talk about it all the time. And he, he would be like, you, know you don't know that? You've never seen uh, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and, and, and Love the Bomb? We're like, no, what is that? Basically, it's a movie from the 70s directed by Stanley Kubrick. It's all in black and white. But it's just like um, like a satire comedy about if nuclear warfare just happened. So it, it like it like starts out with this this like insane person. He's like a captain in the military. And he's like, the the Russians are are you know what fluoridation is? And he's like talking to his foreign officer. He's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you know that if you, I, the only reason I drink rainwater and other types of water is because they're putting stuff in our water. It's going to destroy the fluids in your body. And he just keeps going on about the fluids in his body. <laughs> and he's like, has his arm around like his lieutenant or whatever. And he's just like, wants to get out. But then, and then he's like, I had no other choice. And he like institutes. A, a nuclear warfare attack on like a couple positions and then uh, like it, it just starts a whole thing i won't spoil what happens but you know i hope that um the conclusion of that movie doesn't happen in real life i'll just say that well on a brighter note um <laughs> We were closer to a nuclear war with the Cuban Missile Crisis than we are now. Yeah, I, I guess, but it's only a matter of time. Fun times. Anyway, we're here to talk about anime, yeah. not not Russia, except later when we have a news piece concerning that, and then we'll talk about it again. Anyway...
um, our first piece of news, you might you might be wondering, you might have been just itching to find out what that Full Metal Alchemist announcement was that we hyped up last time, because they said, look out for the anniversary for this big anniversary. There's going to be a huge announcement. Guess what it was? Two new live action movies. Yep, you're correct. Awesome. Uh, the first one is about Scar, and the second one is is about the, the like the end. I guess they're just completing the story with the two live action movies. Um, I don't know. I, I have no idea how good these are. I'm assuming they're not. I never hear anybody talk about them. So, but yeah. That's I. This is the twentieth anniversary announcement, awesome. and uh, they are supposed to be releasing um, on May twentieth and June twenty fourth this year. So, very exciting. And then next up, um, the artist for Tokyo Mew Mew, which I have not seen or read or anything. Uh, passes away um, due to a hemorrhage before upcoming anime, which is a new anime supposed to come soon, actually. I think it's like next season. So that's very sad. But he did manage to finish this thing. So this is his last project. So, yep. unfortunate. Uh, but... I haven't watched it, but Tokyo Mimi was supposedly one of the OG shoujo anime. Well, it's like one of the OG uh, Magical Girl one, isn't it? Yeah, Magical Girl. That's I'm fairly certain that's a Magical Girl. But it fits into that area. So I guess we can give a little bit of backstory to kind of send them off. Ikumi debuted with the Super Doll Likachan in Nakayoshi Magazine, where it ran from 1998 to 1999. Ikumi would later draw the art for most iconic work, the magical girl manga, yep, Tokyo Mew Mew, with writer Reiko Yoshida. The pair serialized the manga in Nakayoshi from 2000 to 2003, and Kodansha published seven volumes for the manga. It inspired a 52-episode television anime series from 2002 to 2003. I thought it was a lot older than that. I guess not. And then there was a sequel, Mew Mew a la mode, and this all new anime based on the manga will is supposed to debut in July. So the announcement that they of this uh, added that Ikumi had been overseeing the anime production and work on the new manga edition for the past two years, and the anime production will still continue carrying with their wishes. So very sad. Very I- iconic series apparently very important i've just never watched it or read it or whatever but once this new stuff once this new adaptation comes out i'll probably check it out but rest in peace and next up we have a black clover film seems like something that i already talked about but i don't think i did um this year's 15th issue of shueisha's weekly shonen jump magazine revealed on monday the Black Clover anime film will open in 2023. Manga creator Yuki Tabata is serving as chief supervisor and original character designer. So this is like a this is like when um, Oda oversees like a One Piece movie, I guess. They're starting to do these a lot more often. These anime movies that are like 
not canonical, but by the writer or creator or whatever. Or just anim- yeah, just the like that. the anime sequel movies in general, because like I guess oh, just because of Demon Slayer, they saw how good that did. They're like, okay, okay, yeah. right, I guess we should just be doing more of these. But then there's like a bunch of My Hero Academia movies that just have nothing to do with the main plot line. Yeah, and like one of them is okay. Those aren't great, but Demon Slayer, the Demon Slayer movie was genuinely really good. So. And the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie is supposed is technically going to come out here, like next week or something, or maybe like this week. Um, but I don't really have a way to go see it, so I probably won't. I'll have to wait till that gets on streaming. Hopefully, that happens soon, though. But yeah, if you if you do have a way to go see that, that is, I think it's like the 18th is when it's starting to uh, show. But yeah, I Black Clover. I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I did like. I'm a bit into Black Clover. Like I watched quite a bit at some point. I think I got like halfway through where they are right now, and I just haven't um, continued. It's pretty standard shonen. But yeah, I have not dabbled in Black Clover. Yeah, I don't know why I decided to do that one day. I was just like, you know what? I need a good shonen. I just feel like watching a shonen right now. And I then I started watching it. There's some things I really like about it, but next up, Ushoku Tensei season two. Not much news um here. Basically, the studio bind the studio that made first season has said that. Seasons two and three are in production, so they are still going to be doing the rest of this. I'm assuming it had a better uh, response in Japan, so that's good. Because that, that was pretty good. Do you Did you watch Mushoku Tensei, Mark? No, I did not. Oh, I thought you said you did. I think what did, no. what was the show you went back and watched that I said you should watch? I went back and watched To Your Eternity. Okay, well I know you were doing. I thought there was one that I that you like told me. Oh yeah, I went back and watched that. And I was like, what? I guess not. Anyway, yeah, that's there's not much news on that. Just they said that they're in production. And then. We have Kaguya-sama season three. I may have already, I'm pretty sure I already talked about how season three is happening. I think everybody already knew that. Uh, but now it's unveiling the title and the April 2022 trailer. debut. There's a trailer, right? Yes. And it says it adapts, it's 10 minutes long. Oh, okay. It adapts the whole chapter, apparently. <laughs> That's interesting. They usually don't do that for oh. these trailers. They're usually just like nothing. But yeah, the subtitle for this season is going to yeah. be uh, Ultra Romantic. So that's what we know. Usually Japanese trailers are like a black screen and ominous music. Yeah, and then just like text coming up and then fading away and then a date coming up and it's like six seconds long. Apparently, I know a new like actual trailer that showed some 
stuff from the anime from for that new Science Saru anime came out, but I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch that yet. Um, next up, okay, this is very strange, and I don't quite understand what's exactly happening here, but Toei Animation has been hacked, which apparently it stopped, it prevented the release of new episodes for four shows, one of which was One Piece, which is very sad. Because we just have two more episodes before we get to the, um, like chapter one thousand, I think, animation. So it's very very sad. But yeah, man, I I don't know what's going on here. They don't really have much like information. It just says, Toy Animation announced on Friday that on on March sixth, an unauthorized third party accessed the company's network, which resulted in a suspension of part of the company's systems. Um, the hack will affect the broadcast schedules for One Piece, Dragon Quest, Delicious Party, Precure, and Digimon Ghost Game. What kind of monster do you have to be to hack a broke anime studio? Toei Animation? They're not broke. They're not broke, but... Yeah. I was going to say, like the... the the studio that made Dragon Ball, I don't think they're going to be broke anytime yeah. soon. But it is very... You do have to be a monster to prevent a new episode of One Piece from coming out. How else am I supposed to like document the weeks going by? You don't understand that I, I, use, I use One Piece as a calendar. That's how I, that's how I record the passage of time. And you're just going to take that from me. I cannot believe that. Time stood still. The pacing is already really slow right now in One Piece. You need to delay the episode because you hacked them. Monster. Honestly, this is probably the most tragic event that's happening right now. I can't really think of anything else more tragic currently. Uh, I mean, what else is happening in the world? Nothing compared to this. I'll tell you that. Um, next up are another live action and this time it's for Helsing Ultimate or I guess Helsing, it just said Helsing but the, yeah. like, this one's interesting because I don't know if you saw it but it said it is being developed by Amazon which I didn't say yet but it's the writer for John Wick is going to be involved with it which is interesting have you seen any of the John Wick movies? I actually haven't. They're just like the best, like just pure action. And they're, they are what they are and they're really good. So that's what I thought it was. Is, is Helsing like mostly just action? Cause if so, this might work. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I haven't read or watched Helsing, but no, apparently it's about a vampire that fights like zombies that are Nazis or something like that. I don't know why I thought you'd you would watch this or something. Or or yeah, I thought you'd seen Helsing Ultimate or something. No, but I plan to I do also. Soon. It's on my wheel. Just had not has not been chosen yet, but yeah. Um this next yeah, one's a banger. What is this next one? 
Oh God, you, you can do this one. All right. So, um, Netflix is producing a new live action uh, based on the manga he's expecting. Uh, got expecting, a expecting what, Mark? Well, I'm getting. What to could that. he possibly be expecting? Uh, this manga is set in a world where men are now able to become pregnant. Elite office worker Kentaro Hiyama has an unexpected pregnancy. Molly suffers from prejudice from being a man carrying a child he foregoes alongside his partner Aki. How touching. The thumbnail for the trailer. Did you do you see it? Yes. It is it it is what it says it is. It's just a pregnant man. This this fills me with so many emotions. And the most prominent one is immense uncomfortableness and uneasiness. Just fear. I guess you can say I was not expecting this one. Like what? First of all, how did the manga get popular enough to get a live action? What is what is there? What is here in this manga? I think Netflix saw it because they were like, devoid of ideas. They're like, yes, yes, that's it. They just that's they just put it in. They just put in like a random generator. They just came up with he's expecting. They're like, I wonder what what stuff is titled he's expecting. Oh, there's this manga. All right, just do it. Nope, nope. I'm not gonna look at it, see what it is. Just do it. It's probably fine. Probably some like shonen action thing. He's expecting a big fight. So it's like a so it's like this guy, he's always expecting everybody to fight him, but then nobody wants to fight him anymore because he's too strong. Maybe it's like that. Nope. It's about pregnant men. It says he will be I don't know if you said this, but he said he will be suffering from prejudice. Well, being a man carrying a child. So he's going to be right. going on the journey with his partner as a pregnant man. I think I might Wait, have to just read this manga. <laughs> if he's a pregnant man, does he get um, maternity leave from the office? Well, I'd assume since this is a world where that is a normal thing to happen, or I guess it's not normal because he's getting because he's getting prejudice for it. So, is it normal or is it not? What? I don't get it. It says where men are now able to become pregnant. What? I don't understand. And he's an elite office worker. What does that mean? How's it different from a regular office worker? Because he like climbed the ladder, and I don't know. Imagine your imagine your male boss goes on maternity leave, and you're like, <laughs> he goes and he just went on what? Did he really use that as an excuse? That was pretty. That's a pretty bad excuse. And then you just find out he's pregnant. You're like, oh, yep. oh, alrighty then. 
he just walks into the office one day and like the buttons on his shirt are about to burst. He's like, hey guys. Now Mark, I just I just had an epiphany that makes this whole deal ten times worse. How is the baby going out of his body? Well, answer me that, Mark. Here's the thing. A man cannot get pregnant unless he has female parts. So, but it um, says it's a, a cisgender man. So he's a he's a man. He's a male. You know what? Maybe they just cut his stomach open, strap the baby. I guess C-section does exist. But he would have to have a oh, uh, <laughs> God. Thank you for, for providing this piece of news, Mark. We really needed this. You are welcome. I think we might. I, uh, if you don't do it with me, I think I will do that by myself. I think I'll, I'll have to review this manga just to find out what, like, wh- I'm just curious what is going on. But yeah, for all you big fans of the, of the pregnant male journey manga thing, uh, there's a live action in April 21st. Very exciting. Huh? Wow. Very cool. But you know what's even cooler? Uh, oh, that's not that. Um, um, well, <laughs> uh, Crunchyroll and Wakanim, which is like, I think it's part of Crunchyroll, uh, they suspend services in Russia. With a lot of other companies, apparently, Nintendo has suspended sales and shipments. Niantic removed games and Sony Music pulled out. So a lot of people are suspending services and and goods and stuff to Russia and Anime is no different. Um, so Crunchyroll has been removed from being able to be worked in Russia, although I guess they can just use a VPN. I think yeah, they said something so about... Um, uh, it says neither company can process payments from cards issued in Russia. So even if you have like a Russian card and you're like paying for it, you can't pay for it anymore. So you, you just have zero access to like the premium subscription too i don't know how they do that but maybe you can what about paypal that's like an international company yeah i don't know how that because that the way paypal works is it goes through your card i think oh well then i guess you're just screwed i'm gonna look up what the most popular anime in russia is see what they're about to be missing out on well I guess Vladimir Putin can't watch Black Clover anymore because that's the number one anime in Russia next to Hunter Hunter. I'm, an, I'm imagining him screaming in rage in his office and throwing chairs at people. So one of the prompts down here under when I looked up this Google search for most popular anime in Russia, you know how there's like the the people also ask thing and there's like a bunch of tabs. Yeah. One of them is just what is anime Putin? And I was curious. <laughs> I was like, what what does that mean? So I clicked down and, and it says the manga, which is rumored to be the real life depiction of the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, 
is written and illustrated by Yasushi Baba. The manga is titled Ride On King and is serialized in Kodansha's monthly shonen series. It debuted in 2018 and became immensely popular in Japan. And it's an isekai. Say what? I'm sorry. We're finding... I'm writing this down. There's no way I'm... We're getting so much good stuff. We got a pregnant male manga, and now we got a, a isekai Putin manga. Very topical. Wow. Ride on King. What time? Oh my God. <laughs> the cover of it is, is just Vladimir Putin on a tiger. And he's like, <laughs> he looks like a JoJo's character. This is oh incredible. It's still ongoing. It's ongoing? Yeah. What was the other one he's expecting? Yeah, he's expecting. Oh, no data. What's the... The guy's name was Ari Sakai. I got... There's no way I can't... I'm not going to find this thing. This is too important. Oh, I... You can't just search up Isekai. There it is. Um, I think... I think this is it. The description for the that the pregnant man manga is you ever watched that movie Junior? I haven't. And what? I'm assuming that's see now we're on a rabbit hole. Now we gotta figure out what Junior is. I'm assuming about it's about a male giving birth. Oh my god, it is. Nothing is inconceivable. <laughs> As part of a fertility research project, a male scientist agrees to carry a pregnancy in his own body. And the title of the film is Junior. Is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's the he's the pregnant doctor. <laughs> what is this rabbit hole? Danny DeVito is in this? What do you mean? <laughs> what is happening? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm gonna send you a, just the the cover of this. This is this is something. All right. I'm glad you just happened to see that a, a some manga about a guy getting pregnant was getting a live action somehow. There's the cover to Junior. Incredible. Well, the only thing left to talk about in our news section is the Crunchyroll Funimation merge, which we didn't talk about last time, did we? Because it didn't happen yet? I don't think so. Well, it did now. And contrary to what I thought was going to happen, Crunchyroll actually took Funimation, not the other way around, which is interesting. Because Sony bought Funimation first. So I assumed that when they got Crunchyroll, uh, they were just going to put it under Funimation or like under Sony anime or something. 
What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, I don't know why we can't just have one anime streaming service. Well, monopolies are bad, Mark. That's why. And that's why this is not a good thing. Monopolies are bad. But... Because if that happens and there's less competition for these companies, that's just another problem because their sites are already like, like Funimation site just doesn't work. So I'm kind of glad that, that this is how it happened. Cause if it were the other way around, we'd probably just have like a messed up website forever and they'd never fix yeah, it because they don't have any competition. Ugh. There's another one. Uh, what's it called? Wakanim. It's the, com- oh, the company that bought the rights to made this. Sentai. Uh, High Dive. Sentai. High Dive, yeah. They exist. It's them. Um, this Crunchyroll Funimation merge. Uh, uh, whatever Wakanim is. I don't even know what that is. I think it's part of Crunchyroll. And it's like for foreign stuff. And then there's Netflix funds their own stuff sometimes. And now Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, I guess does Amazon doesn't doesn't do it anymore, do they? Or they so, not I think recently. they definitely, yeah, because they used to, but then they stopped. They might start it again. I don't see why not. They have the money. Yeah. It's they all a matter of money. who has the money for the licenses now. Dumb, because they can give any amount of money that is required. Yep. Because Amazon just owns everything. I enjoy the act of taming and writing things. The sense of conquest and affection that I feel after I've written something is indescribably satisfying. That may have seemed random, but it was a quote by Vladimir Putin. I'm assuming from the manga that you just sent me. (laughs) Incredible. He looks like, um, what's his name? I think his name is Alexander from Full Metal Alchemist without like the mustache. Yeah. That, they, that's the kind of build. But anyway, yeah, this is not a great thing because it's always good to have competition. Um, but hopefully, like, somebody will fund Sentai. Or maybe like buy them, or maybe maybe like a big company will buy Sentai Filmworks, so to give them the like ability to get bigger licenses or something. Or did that happen? I feel like uh, that hope- sounds familiar. Hopefully, uh, Sony doesn't. Because then Sony would just own everything. Oh yeah. I don't I think we were I think we said this. AMC bought High Dive. Oh. 
Yeah, I so, think I remember that. I don't know how much AMC will be able to do for them. But I I think they're yeah, they they acquired them just recently. Or in January, I guess. Huh. Well, hopefully that helps them out. I'm sure Netflix Netflix will always have their couple of shows that they do. Um but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Verve, which is what we use for Crunchyroll stuff, is dead. Is go, is going to be dead, which is the worst part Ooh. of all this. Because it's definitely the best interface out of like anything. Oh yeah, it's just it it looks when... better than everything else, and it works better. I miss when Crunchyroll and High dive or on verbs. Yeah, I got to experience that for a very short time. And then Funimation, everything was there for just a little bit, and then Funimation and Country Roll split. Yeah, and then like, and then after that, it was it was Country Roll and and High Dive was on there, and then High yeah. Dive left, and I didn't notice for a bit, and then I was like. Wait, where where's all the old shows that I was gonna watch? And they're just gone because that's what high dive is. So yeah. I just felt a sense of dread when shows in my watch list just disappeared one day. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they had Cashern Sins, but I had to watch I had to watch that um in other ways because they did not have it anymore. Although I guess once this whole thing goes through and Crunchyroll and Funimation actually become one, uh, since I pay for the Funimation subscription and you pay for the Crunchyroll subscription, I guess I could start paying for the high dive one so we could have another yeah. a bit of a balance. Yeah, high, high dive still has notable stuff. Maiden Abyss, of course, and um, I don't know. I haven't really looked at it much. Well, they like they have a lot of good old stuff that they've like archived, and they have yeah. like like I've bought a lot of their physical stuff off their store because they have a lot of good sales. So they have like I'm looking at my shelf right now. I think they had from the New World. I think you watched that right. Oh yes. Um Gotchaman Crowds, Yami Shibai, Ghost Stories. Um When They Cry. Oh, yeah, and Clonad. And When They Cry was on there. Ah. Uh, yeah. They've got um Beyond the Boundary, the big O. Um, they had a lot of OVAs, I think, on there, a lot of old OVAs. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's worth it. Yeah, no, it is definitely worth it. I just didn't think it was worth it to do three different ones, but now, no. now that they're merging. But yeah. it, it's going to be very unfortunate if Crunchyroll doesn't like fix their website or make it look better. Because Verve is, is like definitely the best looking and best functioning thing. It works so well. 
And Funimation had the worst website, I think. Yeah, Funimation was bad. Like Funimation just straight up wouldn't work sometimes, especially on the app. Like, like I got like a like the subscription above like the normal ones that you could download episodes, but it just doesn't work. 90% of the time, so it's like pointless. And it's really slow and it's really and it just crashes sometimes. It's awesome. But yeah. Hopefully this the lack of competition doesn't stop Crunchyroll from making their site better. That's my biggest concern. Other than that, we have like nearly a monopoly on anime by Sony now. It's not a good thing. No. But yeah, that's that. Take out of out of that what you will. Um did you have any more like pregnant men related news? Not today. Alrighty. Maybe oh, next I'm time. I'm looking forward to whatever that equivalent is next time. Where did you see this? I don't know, I just randomly found it on the internet. Well, you know what isn't birthing um let me try this again. Um well, you know what what makes me feel like a pregnant man? Knights and magic. Knights and Magic is a manga. I'm trying to look up who it's by. Come on. Which I think is completed or is about to be completed. Um, and it is by... Written by Hisago Amazaki no and illustrated by Kurogin. And it's published by Shufunotomo. Oh, no, that was a light novel. Uh, the manga is by Takuji Kato. My bad. Um, and published by Square Enix. And I think it had an anime. And I, it's on, I think it's on Crunchyroll, but I, I just didn't look. Have you ever heard of this? Um, yes, I have actually. What do you know about it? Um, uh, there's um, Really? I mean, I didn't think there was, at least not from I what just, I've read. I just looked at the cover, I didn't really read into it. 
the I cover saw, is like, like a guy and then the big robot with the sword that's uh-huh. all I know Mark I'm missing I'm missing the boobies part it's just a kid and a and a, and a giant robot on mine Where did what you, you manifest these out of thin air? What are you talking about? Maybe that's just the anime one. I don't know like what that would have been though because they're not it's not fan servicey at all. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Let me look up the anime cover. Yeah, no, there's no nothing like that. It's very practical. Oh. Okay. But anyway, Knights and Magic is an isekai, believe it or not. Wow. I did not know this upon beginning it. I just, oh, you know what? You know what's probably important to say right now that we should have said like an hour ago? What? This is a, um, our second mech episode. Oh, Yeah. So that's the theme again. I think we were too distracted by pregnant men. I that really threw me off. Um unfortunately no pregnant men in this one. Just small childlike men. Uh so basically this is an isekai starts like every isekai. Uh there's a is it uh like an office worker he he does like he's not like a like a neat or anything actually which is different. He's just like an office worker and he he does programming and coding and stuff like that. And he's really good at it. And so he like they have he like is a workaholic basically. So he kind of works himself almost to death but then he he gets in a car crash and dies and now he is in this world of knights and magic and this guy's defining character trait is that he loves Mecha. And so I guess like his dream came true when he came into this world. And so he's like, oh, cool, the Mecha. But he doesn't get to pilot a Mecha for a, a good amount of time. Like he doesn't just get to start piloting them. Um, Because this world also has magic, which come to find out is used a lot like code so like normal magic you just kind of say like the spell or whatever or you use the seal well in this world you have to like process code in your brain basically like you you have to kind of like process a script in your brain and there's like shortcuts of doing it by using like mana machines and stuff um but he is is has been just programming and coding stuff for so long and is so good at it that he can he just teaches himself to do it um without any of that so he gets really good at that and he kind of trains that for a bit and then he's like all right father i am going to to mech school and his and his dad's like, uh, okay, genius son, all right. And he goes to mech school. Um, and he goes there with 
these two, his neighbors, there's uh, a brother and sister duo, and I think they're twins. And they kind of see what he, like, like they see him, like, ward off a bully using, like, really enhanced magic and this, like, complex staff that he made. And they're like, oh, cool. Can you teach us? So he starts, like, teaching them how to do it magic, like, his way, and, like, more efficiently. So he's, like, a genius. And so um, all three of them uh, start mecha school, basically. Well, I guess it's not necessarily... It's it's thing I think they call it night school because the night portion of the Knights and Magic title is that they have these um, defenders called the knights and they're the mechs of this world, um, but they use magic to power them. So that's how they're a little different. Um, and actually, I think they had another name, but I can't remember. Um, but of course, when he gets there, he really wants to pilot a mech, but you have to go through like six years of schooling to even get on the like squad. So he's his aim is to get through it as fast as possible and show them that he like already knows all this stuff. So he does the classic overpowered thing where he's in the training thing at the very beginning for when they're testing their stuff and he just annihilates like a, a target with his shooting spear or whatever, and they're like, he's a genius. And then uh, he's like, yeah, um, just put me in this like mech building class. And they're like, why? What are you going to do with that? You're not going to build your own mech. He's like, oh, yeah, watch me. And that's what he does. Um, and the two in, the twins are not as good as he is, but they do have like good talent in other areas. So they're more of like fighting physically is what they're good at, I guess. Um so they kind of do their own thing and they're not in, in all the same classes or whatever. Um, and the reason the Knights exist, I forgot to mention, there's like where I'm at is they haven't really gotten into it too much, but there's like kaiju kind of things, and they're just like monsters that are just roaming this world and they just like attack. I'm not sure if there's some like bigger evil behind them or like if something else is going on, because I I guess I just haven't gotten far enough. Um, but they're pretty standard. Like the big one that they fight that I've come across is this just like giant rock guy. And uh, he looks like a turtle without a shell. Okay, no, that's that's not true. He looks more like a dinosaur. But yeah, he he's pretty cool. They have like a they give him like a <clears throat> a full page spread and it, it looks pretty cool. Um, but overall it's pretty standard, like a lot of tropes. Um, but yeah, definitely the most interesting thing about it to me is the whole like code thing. Cause once he finally is able to like, like they're in a, obviously his class is on like a training thing out in the woods and like how it always is in anything ever like this they get attacked in the middle of the training thing what that wasn't supposed to happen um and of course he saves the day by by like going into somebody's mech who's like running away from the the dinosaur rock thing 
I thought this was kind of funny. He just kind of like knocks him out and throws him out of the cockpit. And then he gets in. And then and then like he goes back in the mech and, and just like fighting it and he's doing really well. And the other people are like, wow, I, I remember that guy being like a, a coward. And, and like he he does really well. Um another thing I like about it, he's not necessarily he's not like completely overpowered. Like when he's fighting this thing by like it, it's him and like three other mechs and they're still struggling to bring it down he's just um bringing like the most out of his out of his night or whatever uh, but the problem he comes across is that he can process the code like in his brain so fast just cuz that's how his brain works that it actually like over goes over the like limiter on the on the thing so usually you would expect that to mean like oh that means it gets like extremely powerful but what actually happens is that it, it just like breaks down and stops working. Oh, they're called silhouettes. That's what they call they're called. But yeah, the his silhouette like breaks down and, and like the the leg shatters from too much strain and stuff. So I was like, okay, interesting. So it's not just like magical nonsense. So you just do this and you beat him. It actually has like practical elements. Um, and they do go pretty in depth with like how they work exactly. Like they they mentioned that there's this like crystal binding that um, is in every silhouette that that like allows them to move like muscles. And and then the outside is like an incredibly hard material found in like the far west of the world or something. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and this kid genius, uh, he spends a lot of his time figuring out figuring out ways to like upgrade the silhouettes. So he's like, so like at at the start they're pretty standard. They're just like a standard mech. They do look pretty cool, but they're they're, they're like normal and they have like a sword. That's about it. But he's like, what if we put arms on the back that had like lasers that that fired automatically? And then he like tells that to the blacksmith, and blacksmith's like, "No, why would you do that? That's stupid. Why do you? What do you need that for?" And he's like, "Because it looks cool." And he's like, "Oh, I get you." And then they do it, and it actually does turn out to be a more practical. And so they have to find out like ways to do this, and they and they kind of go in depth about what they have to change to do that, and how to make it actually like practical and not just look cool, but at the same time make it look cool. Cause that's the most important thing. Um, and yeah, so it's basically like the progression of this manga is this kid genius that's been isekai'd here, uh, tries to figure out new ways to make the equipment of this world better and more like refined and, and powerful. And it's, it doesn't go too fast. Um, it's actually very slow. Like, I don't think you see a mech fight for like 20 chapters or something. But when it does happen, it's cool. Um, I don't think this manga is like incredible. I've just been talking about all the high points because I, I appreciate that it's not just a standard isekai and it's not just a standard like um, mecha show either. So I, I appreciate that it's at least like trying to do something different.
and I don't know if I'll continue it because like I like I said I didn't think it was bad but I did think it was just very very standard um but like I've been reading this while I'm in my like photography class I told you they had like a like we have to sit through like two and a half hour long lectures sometimes yeah well that part of the class is like pretty much over now so I don't really have that time so I I haven't I didn't like read much of it outside of that but what I like like I did sit there and just like read that because like what else was I going to do just so boring but um what was I saying I just went completely off track Anyway, yeah, I, so I haven't, like, continued it for a while, but I might, and it's it's not bad. So, I guess I would recommend this to anybody who likes uh, mech shows that have, like, a practical side to them, where they, like, go in-depth about the technology and, the, and how stuff works. And I guess magic systems also. If you like RPGs, you will definitely like this one. Uh, specifically, if you like, like, which one is it? Uh, Final Fantasy Eight, I think. Whichever one it has, like, is like the high fantasy, but they have mechs and magic stuff. That's kind of what this seems like the vibe of. So if you like that kind of stuff, then you'll like this. But don't expect anything like life changing. It's just it's solid. Yeah, that's all I've got on Knights and Magic. All right, then. So what? what's the series? Just, huh? No, I was just going to mention another uh, manga I've been reading like in that kind of situation where I'm bored and I'm just sitting there. It's called um, Bokura wa Mina Kawaiso. And... It's this, it's like a slice of life slash um, romantic comedy series about a guy who moves into, it's called the Kawaii, Kawaii apartment. And there's, it's just a bunch of antics. Doesn't, doesn't that title translate to everybody here is pitiful or something? Yes, I, I think so. That sounds depressing. I guess it's not. It's quite funny. Okay, okay. So, okay, yeah, okay. there's this... Um, the love interest is Ritsu Kawai, who, who partly owns the place. Uh, and she's, like, always reading a book. So she just ignores everyone. She carries around a wooden sword for some reason. And there's... Well, to whack people on the head with, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And there's also um, uh, Shiro. Shiro, he's uh, a strange one. Um, and then, yeah, there's just other funny characters. And there's also the landlady. Um, it's, I don't know what to say about her. She's makes all these rules they have to follow and if they break them she does punishments interesting like, and, and there's 
Mayumi Nishikono, and she's a bitter older woman who's just trying to ruin everybody's youth. And then it's 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 a fun little manga. That does sound like a fun time. I recommend it. It's not amazing, but uh, Ritsu, best waifu ever. It's kind of a hot take, I know, but... Are you, You're being serious about that statement? Maybe not ever, That's but a high order, Mark. Calm down. <laughs> you haven't even watched Ursa Yatsura yet, Mark. You have no ability to have an opinion on women. Fictional women. <laughs> Anyways, um, I like that manga. I'll be going on to my actual mech anime now. Does this one make you feel like a pregnant man? No, Is not really. Pregnant man vibes? I just don't think so. Anyways, well, what this vibes does anime, it give you? Actually, it gives me a 1980s OVA vibes because that's what it is. It is uh, called Dragon's Heaven. Directed by Makoto Kobayashi. It's um, it's like a post-apocalyptic um, sci-fi OVA with giant robots, of course, and it takes place in Brazil in the year uh, thirty-one ninety-five. Brazil? Yes, specifically, it takes place in Brazil. Interesting. I have seen this before. You have? I haven't watched it. I've seen stuff about it. I've just seen. Anyways, like, stuff. Um, uh, basically, you know, like humans made AI, and the AI immediately turned on them and started killing humans. But the humans won, I think. And so um, one of the robots humans made to combat the AI was this part robot AI, part human piloted weapon, Uh, Cheyenne, that's his name. He's a character and he wakes up a thousand years later after the war 
um, to find a new human pilot after his old one died. Uh, and her name is Ikuru. She's just kind of like this wasteland type mechanic person, if that makes sense. She's just out there and she fixes them up. And they basically they team up to fight Cheyenne's age old enemy, uh, Elmadine. I think that's how you say it. Um, he's he's like the the head honcho of the Brazilian army. And <laughs> yeah, so he leads his own battle um, army of evil robots. So the, the design of Cheyenne is really interesting because his head is on one side and then the pilot is on the other side. So they work in tandem when they fight. It's kind of like Pacific Rim, kind of. I see. So it's pretty cool. And of course, uh, Cheyenne has like these... Cheeky one-liners that robots say when they're fighting. Um, Elmadine, the evil robot, he's he looks like a hammerhead shark, but a robot like a hammerhead shark head, and he's got like a cape and a spear. And so, yeah, that's the gist of it. Uh, it's pretty short. It's only 40 minutes long. Um, as far as the artwork and animation goes, it's really, really good. Um, it doesn't use the traditional anime color palette. It looks, it almost looks kind of grainy. Yeah, I've been but looking it's a nice at pictures of it. And it's it's widely agreed that the creator was inspired by the comics of Jean Girard Mobius. She's a French comic artist. If you haven't heard of him, he's pretty famous. I see. In the French in the French comic sphere. Um, I've only read one of his works, which is The World of Adina. It's a sci-fi one. Um, apparently, Hayao Miyazaki also took inspiration from Mobius to an extent. I see. So, yeah, you you kind of see his type of art style, which is obscure, obscure alien-looking sci-fi thing. You'll see people wearing giant weird hats, and there'll be these weird ostrich things running around. Anyways, it's very, very unique. The designs of these mechs and stuff that I'm seeing look very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah but is it, it, is it good? 
Like, what's the story? Well, I pretty much like summarized the story. It's, there's not much to the story. It's not a lot they could fit in 40 minutes. Mm. But basically, Cheyenne wakes up, they team up, um, and they fix Cheyenne and train to fight uh, Elmodyne. And then they fight Elmodyne. That's basically the plot. But it's cool. But it doesn't need a deep plot. All you need to know is that they take on the Brazilian army. Very interesting. Because I don't know how that makes sense, but they're in Brazil and it's like a desert. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, the animation holds up. It's not like they, they didn't have much of a budget for this, but really? The, it looks yeah, no. incredible. Yeah. Like it was done super, super well. But apparently they had a low budget. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to also, watch this one. In the first few minutes of exposition, when they were saying like a thousand years ago, the war between humans and robots, there's a live action stop motion sequence of. Cheyenne and Elbendine like booting up and moving slightly and it looks really really cool interesting I, I don't I don't know why that was there but they put a, a lot of work into that three minute segment it's like they they actually built the robot models and did stop motion of it yeah, that's nuts. Is it's really impressive. You know, at the end of the OVA, there's like a little um, I guess documentary section where they're showing them making the live action scene. That's kind of interesting. But yeah. Dragon's Heaven short. But very cool Mecha OVA. Very, very unique. Definitely not something you would see these days. Short, but no. They did, for what it was, they did a lot in 40 minutes. And arguably, um, it does more in 40 minutes than a lot of other 12 episode anime do. So I like, highly recommend it. Definitely give it a watch. It won't take much of your time. But just it shows you don't need a ginormous budget to make a good anime. Yeah, so. as long as you give it like a, a style like this one does, you can do a lot. It goes a long way. Because there, I don't. There's nothing I've seen that looks like this. It's just so visually interesting. Yeah. I like. I remember. I think I. I'd like seen a, a screen cap of this or something or some art for it, and I just thought it was art because it just, it just looks that cool. So that's why I didn't think it was like an OVA or anything. I just thought it was art by somebody. 
You could just stare at every frame and it would look nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check this one out. Yeah, but that's my take on Dragon 7. It's a pretty good. So. Well, you know what else was pretty good? Oh, boy. Not our next segment. Spoiler. Uh, it's time for Macross or Super Dimensional Space Fortress Macross. I think. Or Makuros. Makuros. Sono opening is the best part of this show um so it's got that this is an extremely important show because it's basically what got anime here in the west like popularized because they like put it on the sci-fi channel and then like a bunch of people watched it a bunch of people were exposed to it so it's very important for like just anime in general over here. And it, I appreciate it for that. But the question of whether it holds up or not is, I guess, ultimately something you have to find out for yourself. But yeah, in my opinion. First, um, yeah. When it first came over here, it was originally called Robotech. Indeed, which was yep. actually a splice together of somehow I don't know how they did that, but it was three different series. It was, um, it was Macross, it was Genesis Climber Mospita, and something something Southern Cross, which are three different mech shows, and they somehow put them together into one thing that and made it cohesive. I don't know how they did that, but they did, mm. and that got really popular over here. So then people wanted yeah, to find out what what was their real thing because it was kind of like messed up. And that's how they found out about Macross and that's why it was so popular. Yep. 
I've even heard I've heard a few normies say that they know what Robotech is, including my brother. He's like, "Oh yeah, Robotech's good stuff." Yeah, I've, I mean, I've so, heard a lot of people like like who don't really watch anime be like, "Oh yeah, I remember as a kid, I was like, there were like some cool robots in it. I would like just watch it for that." Which is true. the The uh, mechanical designs are the are another good part of the show. Um, the um, variable fighters, which are the, the fighter planes that turn into mechs, are cool. They have this weird, like, middle phase where it's not quite a mech and it's not quite a fighter plane, but it's just a, a fighter plane with legs, which and arms. is strange. I don't know why that it's one like- exists, honestly. It's like in a hunched over position. Yeah, it's it's very strange, but it, it's it's cool. Um, so I guess we should get into the story. Basically, how it starts out is humanity has been fighting for like generations and generations, and they finally got everything sorted out, and they found this thing that was like landed from an alien civilization or something and it's just this giant ship and so they refurbish it and like get it working and kind of connect it to a town basically so there's like a town built around it Um, and one day they are doing a test flight for it or something or like a celebration I think and yeah they start taking off and then it just keeps going, right? Or do they get attacked? No, I think they get attacked and then they try to use it to fight back the invaders and then it breaks or something like something like yeah, that. Yeah, like happens. it like stops working for some reason, which never happens again. Like when they in this first I think this is all in the first episode, they were like they're like, oh, we've never like used this before. I wonder if it like I wonder if we can just like use it normally. So they're trying to use it and then once they like actually get it up in the air, they're like, Oh, it's it's not letting us like do stuff. But then they never bring that up again. Like from then on it just everything just works how they want it to. But it, it I thought it was gonna have like a mind of its own or something, but it doesn't. It's just a ship. Um but yeah, they're gonna they get attacked by these blue chicken leg looking things okay they don't look like chicken legs that's a really bad description they're like these b- blue ball things with um like bird legs like mechanical bird they're legs like the things from star wars the empire strikes back the little guys they look like kangaroo rats except if the head of the kangaroo rat was a blue mechanical ball that giants were in piloting. Trying to find the name. Um, they, they look like the small walkers from Star Wars, the ones on two legs. I don't remember what those are called. But you know what I'm talking about. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they look like that. And 
you might be wondering, oh, so they have like, that's like the standard, you know, uh, throwaway guys and like the lower positions, they have those. And then the higher ups also, obviously they're going to have the like big mechs and stuff. Nope. That's it. That's, that's the only type they have. Except oh, for like called, um, ATSTs. That's what they look like. ATSTs. Okay. Just throw that in there. Yeah, but what, from what I remember, I don't think there was any other designs. Were there? There was one other fighter design that I, I don't even saw. remember what it looked like because it only happened like once. It was green. It was the one the. The Zentradi lady, the one who switched yeah. sides, the one she was piloting. I just don't remember what it looked like. It looks like a green triangle thing. Oh, yeah, actually, it looks all right. But that's yeah, like, the, they didn't... They hardly ever showed it. No. Yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Um, and then, like, their ships, the Zentradi ships all look the same, too. They're all just these giant green things that shoot these lasers and whatever. But except um, they never fight the Zentradi ships. They what? They just end up never fighting the Zentradi ships. Uh, I mean, well, they they like they blow them up a lot. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like most of the time, it's just the pods coming out of them. Yeah, I mean, usually they just send out all these pods, and they all get wiped out, and then they're like, "Huh, I wonder. Maybe they're a little bit stronger than we thought." But then they just do the same thing again and then they get wiped out and they're like, what? What is, what? They must be like really strong and they do the fucking same thing again. So it's just, oh, that over and over and they're like, why aren't we winning? When they could easily win because there it's not like there's just a, a small amount of them and that's why they can't beat them. There's like millions of ships apparently because they, uh, like some of the main characters get captured at some point and get taken to their and to their like main fleet, and it's like millions of ships, and it it's like oh they're never going to be able to beat all these. Yep, and so but they're scared because they beat the battle pods, so they send spies to go aboard the Macross to investigate. I guess we should and, talk about the characters because we we <laughs> kind of skipped over that. Uh, yeah. But but our main character is Hikaru, and he is a a young man who is a a a racing pilot i think he like yeah. races um and somebody who used to race with him is Roy Falker who is who joined the military at some point and so he's there when they're like launching and Hikaru gets in like gets in one of the variable fires to help out and everything he saves this girl named Minmei and he has to like get her into the into the variable fighter too. And so they all end up 
stuck in the Macross somewhere like deep in space because they had to teleport to get away from like the enemies or whatever, or it just did it on its own. I don't really remember, but they're very far away from Earth, and they've got a like. They're in somewhere in the like bottom of the Macross, and they got to find out how to get back up to people before they like run out of food. So that part was interesting. It went on for a while, actually. Yeah, but then they caught a gigantic tuna oh, yeah. with the air clock. Wait a minute. Why was there a gigantic tuna in space? That was um, never brought guess... up again. <laughs> they honestly, that's a, something about the show I didn't think about. They don't show any other life other than the Zentradi apart from the humans in space. They don't even yeah. ever like land on another planet. There's so much they could have done. But anyway, um, what other characters? There's uh, Commander Global. He's the commander of the entire ship. He's pretty cool. He just kind of smokes a cigar and goes, yep. this doesn't look very good. Yeah, um, he just kind of sits there and then all the female bridge subordinates do all the work yeah pretty much yeah. And, and then there's like the trio a- the trio of friends who were uh the female like operators up in the control room and then the head like the second in command i guess is isa isa and and the person who's like under like right under her i guess is um i forget her name claudia yeah claudia um and she is cool she's in a relationship with roy fokker so that's their deal and then yeah i think that's all the important characters and then uh kaifun comes in later oh yeah eventually he comes along he's like minmei's cousin and that's that's a whole deal but yeah i think that's like the basic groundwork for the show yep and then there's the two uh zentradi officers that come up frequently i don't know what their names were but there's the little guy and the big guy um yeah and at some point they had to like like hikaru was in a mech like i think when they got captured he was in like in the mech form and the zentradi are all giants so they're like the size of the mechs so it was interesting he had to like fight him in the mech and like his own size and they just kind of threw him around it was cool but they never did that again that was the only time they did that um Yeah. So basically, the the plot is them constantly trying to get away or combat the Zentradi forces. But even though the Zentradi forces could like annihilate them at any time, but they just don't because they just feel like sending out ten of their blue ATSTs or whatever again. They're like, what? Why didn't it work? It. it it almost worked last time, I think. 
I don't know. I guess they're just stupid. Uh, but the idea behind the reason that the Zentradi are even fighting them in the first place is that the only thing they know is war. And that's all they've done forever. So they just fight everything. And I think there's oh, I like... Think... Wasn't there like an illusion that there... Or like the idea that there was somebody even more powerful than the Zentradi, but you don't ever see them? I don't think so. I thought there I was. They mentioned that like a be. couple times. Because they were like, yeah, they're always fighting with these people. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what they were called, though. There, there is another alien race that created um, the protoculture. No, they were the protoculture, right? And they created humans and Zentradi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you may be asking, what is protoculture? Um, apparently, protoculture is male and female relationships. And that's that's pretty much it. And obviously, if you're a, a society, a race, I guess, that's been at war forever, and that's all you know, and you, like, see two people kissing... And like a male and female kissing, you're gonna like not be able to attack, right? Like you're just gonna be rendered useless and just be in awe. So obviously that's the best tactic to win the war, right? Well, let me tell you a more even more effective method. Apparently, if you're a a giant alien race um that's been doing war for generations upon generations. You're all powerful for the most part, except when somebody sings a little bit of a tune, because you've never heard that before. And it, it just breaks you, apparently, and you can't fight. Yeah. And that's where uh, Lin Min May comes in. And now you're, you're going to ask, well, how did Min May, the singer girl get on board a warship well it turns out that during uh the warp when they were warping out the space they warped the entire city with them so they put the city inside the spaceship and for some reason they were not allowed to put the civilians back on earth i think so... they went back down to try and give them back but that's uh, that's when they had already like wiped out some like a town, or was that before? No, then they wiped out the town, and then they weren't allowed to bring the civilians back. Be well, the reason was is because everyone thought they were dead, and that would I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was and the that was the first reason the first time. So they're like, yeah, you can't do that because that would mess things up for some reason or whatever. So they go back, they find when they finally make their way back to earth, it, it isn't the end of the series. Like you think it would be. It's just, they're like, no, you're not allowed back. And they're like, uh, okay. And they go back into space and keep fighting these blue things. Yeah. Any excuse to have a city, on the spaceship and have men maybe there and sing songs in concerts for no reason. Now you may ask, what kind of songs exactly? What kind of song would 
have that sort of power to make a, a race of giant fighting people that have, that are like vicious and never and are like just cruel fighters what would make a, a race like them just like stop and give up and want to go to the other side well i'm going to put it right here so you can listen to it and if you want to actually do what we basically did you're going to want to go back you're going to want to scrub it back to the beginning of that once it ends and you're going to want to repeat that about 20 times so that you can kind of get the gist of what one episode of Macross is like. Because she has one song that she sings over and over and over and over and over again. She has like a couple other ones that she sings like multiple times too, but nowhere near as prolific as this My Boyfriend is a Pilot song that she debuts with. So somehow she's this like incredible singer idol for the ship. But she she can only sing like three songs, and somehow people keep going to these concerts, which I can't. I can only ima- I can imagine is just like three songs because that's all she ever sings, and they just go and they're like, yeah, that was pretty good. I'd listen to that again and again and again and again. Yeah, and then they have Minmay merchandise that the aliens steal when they infiltrate the Macross, which is like a doll of Minmate that sings the song over and over again. Yeah, and so once they like get into their hands and they're like, what is this alien thing? And then they start throwing it to the other like soldiers on the ship. And they're like, this is pretty cool. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to just be on their side. <laughs> And so come to find out these giants can make themselves small again by going in this like scientific tube thing. And so they can make themselves regular human sized. So they do that and they get, they sneak onto the ship and they're just there. And they, and they, it's like supposed to be comical. Like they're there and they're like, what is this lingerie thing? 
and yeah. they're like oh that's just culture they're like wow culture is really weird and then they like they like go to a bar or whatever and they're like wow culture is weird and they like go to a like an arcade and they're like wow culture is sure is funny and weird they just do that over yeah. and over and then they they take their culture back to their comrades and then they um after hearing Min Mei singing, they just all start a rebellion because they don't want to fight against Min Mei. Yeah, now obviously, you can't just have a show where the conflict is all resolved by like singing, right? So you can't just have these people like fight off these little blue things and then sing and then that's it, right? Obviously not. Well, obviously you can because that's what the show is. They don't, there's like two instances of a conflict that is actually interesting to watch or like is an actually interesting like choreographed fight. Everything else is just, oh, we're going to, we're flying around these blue things. We shut them down. Oh, we're flying around. And now we're, we don't want to kill these guys because some of them kind of like Minmay singing in our culture. So let's just shoot them in a, a very specific place that somehow doesn't kill them but deactivates the machines and then it's all it all be good yeah and so then all but of a sudden it some, turns into that yeah and for some reason they just uh, needed more plot material to fill in the holes so they instigated a love triangle between Hikaru, oh God. Uh, Minmei, and Hayase. That's just... Now, I think this part of the show we can both agree on. It would have been fine if they had picked one or the other, preferably Hayase, in my opinion. I think yours as well. Yes. Um. But they don't, and they drag that out for forever, to no avail, for no reason. Hikaru is the most basic yeah. character ever. He doesn't understand people's feelings ever, because of course he can't. He's a guy in an anime. And he keeps hopping back between them, and he's like, what? What's wrong? Like, why do you keep going over to X person's house? Or like, going to X person's thing? They're like, oh, I don't know. I just think they're cool. And same thing happens with the other person. Then they get upset about it, and they're like, "He's like, why are you upset?" It happens over and over and over again, and that's what conflict is in this show. Yep, and it's not resolved until like the forty-sixth or thirty-sixth episode. And even then, it, it is resolved in the worst possible way possible. Just the worst. They should have done what happened in the final episode, like ten episodes in. And it would have been more bearable, at least. But they just had to have this stupid love triangle thing going on. That was like half the plot material. It was that. And then them using culture to fight off these aliens somehow. There was no that tactics. Was there was just... It's just nothing. It's such a nothing show. And it I ends the in most, exactly the yeah. way I told you it was going to, because we were like, we were only like halfway through the show, and, and they had just started doing this like singing thing and culture thing to like stop, to like 
get them to stop fighting or whatever. And they're like, and I was like, I bet they better not end this with one like massive song to the whole universe or whatever trope. And then they like all give up and they're all peaceful forever. They better not do that. And I was joking because I was like, there's no way that they do that. Like it has to have something because it's it's like a mecha show. And that is exactly what happens. I mean, like, and then even with like the conclusion of the show, the conclusion, even if it was like, even though it wasn't great, it still should have ended at like, like 20, episode 20 or something, right? I can't remember. Whenever the earth blew up, that's when it should have ended. Whenever that happened, it should have ended. But there's still a third of the show after that. And they have a time skip. And there's like the aftermath of everything that happened. Because like the earth was decimated. Spoilers for Macross. Um, And then then it, it, it like follows the characters after. But they don't look any older or any different. And they don't act any different. They're literally the exact same. So there's no reason for it. Like, I don't, I don't know why. But then their main problem now is that the Zentradi that, like, came to their side are starting to do, like, rebel and have, do, like, terrorist things, some of them. Because they're only, they only they decided, know war. They decided that they aren't going to kill anymore because killing bad. So they just let the Zentradi blow stuff up. Yeah, and that's what makes a. That's really what I think. That's what really makes a good mech show, is is when you have, (laughs) um, when is is when one side is like, we don't kill, we don't like fighting. We should just sing about it. That's what makes a really compelling action mecha show, which is not what this is. The last 12 episodes of Macross were like, I'd say 80 or 90% just the love triangle. It was so pointless. And it just it just went nowhere. Nothing is paid off in the show at all, ever. There's nothing. I think the best part of the show for me, like the only like good things I get from this was like the very beginning up to where uh, Roy Fokker dies. Spoilers for Macross. Um, after eating like pineapple salad, and he's like not playing his guitar. That was sad. Um, but it meant nothing because the one from what I from what I remember correctly, the one who like killed Roy Fokker was the like green haired commander for the Zentradi, I think. And she like yeah. shot him, and he was like. Like he ended up beating her, but apparently, like nobody nobody found out. But he had suffered like a really bad wound to the back, and he so he just wanted to go to Claudia's and and like have her pineapple salad one last time or whatever, and and so he just died in their in their house, and that was pretty sad. But then after that, later on, the same commander girl, uh, is like comes on the ship as a spy i think and then she's like falls in love with this one guy i guess she like after she like tries to kill him and in like the worst 
animated knife fight ever. And then they like fall in love in like the span of four minutes. And then after that, like everybody's like, whoa, look, they have a relationship. Maybe we should stop and and be friends with these human things too. And they get married all in the same episode. Yeah, they 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 have a knife fight, they fall in love, they get married, they have a child. They take their child into battle. Actually, no, that doesn't happen in the same episode. That the the child going into battle with or whatever happens like after the time skip, I think. Maybe. Maybe it was earlier, actually. I don't remember. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It Uh-oh. just it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> don't they put the baby in like missile container in the box of the plane? What? <laughs> I don't think so. I remember somebody I remember like some people on the ship or like I think Hayase was like why are you why is your baby here I don't remember how they answered but it wasn't a good answer I think they were they were like our baby needs to know war too so that it can know that how important peace is they're like excuse me well I'm sorry what that was basically me the entire show just going what why are you why are they doing this what is happening what why on earth would you do that <sighs> the only other slightly interesting thing that happened was when they got kidnapped by the zentradi and then that one guy dressed the robot in his zentradi uniform they were trying to escape it was kind of interesting yeah, I liked his character, but like before he got into the the awful knife fight, I like like before yeah, that, was, I thought he was pretty good. He was fine before then, and then he was terrible afterwards. There were like a couple interesting things that they did throughout the show, like when they, um, when their like shield malfunctioned, and they were really close to like Earth, and it. It like wiped out a town. It was like, oh, oh shoot, okay. But then like, it there's not really consequences for it other than that they can't like go back down to Earth, and it doesn't matter because the Earth gets like wiped out almost anyway. Like in the end, so it's like it almost had something there, but like not quite. Like they just didn't do anything with some of the stuff. Yeah, now that I look back, if they would have just cut out all the bad stuff and made it a short little anime, it could have been decent. It wouldn't even have been great. It would have been fine. So, like, I don't know. And I, like, I was curious because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is, like, a really well-regarded anime. I didn't think this was like not good, like but yeah, people really like this. I don't know why. Yeah, I was in denial for a bit because I was expecting and wanting it to be good, 
And then after about the 15th, Kuhn uh, Kuhn was like, okay, something's Yeah, something's like I, right. I had hope for it because I was like, come on, there's a reason it's so popular, right? Come on, get to the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. Episode 15, get to the good stuff, guys. Episode 20, oh, uh, nothing's, nothing's happening. And it's it, nothing happens the entire time. That's meaningful. Uh. Honestly, the only thing that should be in the description of this show is this is a waste of time so that you don't have to watch it. Yeah, I... Uh... For anyone who is slightly interested, I would just say watch the opening and that's good enough. And if you're really interested, I'd say watch up to where Roy Fokker dies. And that's about that's about as good as you're going to get from the show. And that happens pretty early on. So, yeah. And then I guess watch the scene where there blows up because that's surprisingly well animated. Yeah, we I, we didn't talk about the animation of this show. The animation of this show is either one or the other. It's either the worst stuff I've ever seen or it's like incredibly movie level well animated for no reason sometimes. Like sometimes it'll just be it'll go from just like standard kind of bad to like incredible for no reason. Like not it's not even like a an important scene. But they'll like just put all their budget into like one minute of an episode sometimes. And it's like, oh, that that was look pretty good, but why? And then it's gone. Like um at certain moments during the episode where the earth exploded, there's like Akira levels of animation. And it looked really good, but it was just for that one episode and the rest of it looked really bad. Now, you know what I forgot about? We never watched the Do You Remember Love movie thing. Which we didn't. From what I hear is like really well animated. And it's basically like a summary of like the important moments in the show, I guess. It's like putting the entire show into a movie, which if done right, I assume that it's that it's at least decent, so maybe. But what we we do have to watch that eventually. I kind of forgot. I was ready to get into the next Gundam because I want to watch something good again. But alas, we still have yeah. to do that. <laughs> and once we finish this next thing of Gundam. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to continue this Macross thing. Because it, it this yeah. one was not good. The, the mech episodes may end up just being the Gundam episodes. I would be perfectly fine with that. Because Gundam has proven itself. And it proved itself in its very early stages. Right off the bat. Even the first episode of Gundam is just good stuff. 
yeah, I I feel no desire to watch any more Macross, but we might have to check out like one other thing. And if that's like as bad or worse, then we'll just have to call it. But I I don't think the other series are as long as the first one. So that is that at least. I do believe um the Macross OVAs, the one the later ones that came out were supposed to be really good, but I haven't watched any of them. Supposedly. But I can't trust Macross fans anymore. Cause they no. say that like this is the best or like up there with the best. If if that's up there with the best, then that just means the other series must be awful. Yeah, like like when I saw that, when I saw this was at the top of the list, I was like, oh god, how could it get worse? But yeah, I'm hoping that maybe they're just wrong and they're dumb, and that a couple, at least a couple of the things in this franchise are actually worth watching. But we'll have to check that out. And we'll have to check out uh, Do You Remember Love also. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, if you were, if you want to watch a space opera, but you're not feeling Macross, I will offer an alternative to Macross, and that would be a space battleship Yamato. And... There's there's no singing to defeat the alien ships. It's just all military strategy. What? And it actually has, you know, somewhat decent characters. The captain is actually involved in the battles. What? Oh, and get this. The bridge is not made up of only female members. What? Oh, and there's there's like one guy after like the time skip, but that was it. He said that the that the other female members bullied him to the cap to like high essay. She was like, "Get over it." That's all I remember about him. Oh, I remember that briefly. So yeah, in space battleship uh, Yamato. Um, the aliens who are also look like humans, but they're not giants. They just have green skin. They blow up the earth and humans live underground. And they have to, they build this ship called the Yamato with alien technology so they can get to the alien planet, um, get this technology that will allow them to re-terraform the earth and save humanity from extinction. See, that sounds so, like a very interesting plot. Yeah, so they're what they do is they're this lone ship and they have to fight their way through the aliens to get to the planet in order to get the Earth saving technology. Pretty simple and straightforward. But it's good stuff. Like each time the alien race attacks, they have like thousands of ships, and you think there's no way they can possibly get out of this one. But then, then they, they just have 
they just have this like girl on board sing a song and then they're like and then they give up right oh the the captain comes up with this grand strategy and they use teleporting tunnels to like evade them and they have gigantic laser cannons on board the yamato and it's so it's called the Yamato because it's based off of the World War II battleship of the same name. Uh, it, was, it was like the grand ship of the Japanese Navy. I mean, it got sunk, but well, isn't that is, was is isn't space battleship wasn't space battleship Yamato Star Blazers over here? Or was that something else? Uh, Star Blazers is the the reboot it's the reanimated version oh i thought that was just what they called it over here because that was another important one like maybe that's what they did but there is the original series and then there is the reanimated re re updated series i see which is what i watched did you finish it and I finished the first story arc. There was another season that was like a different story that I did not watch, but I see. Yeah, I think there's quite a the few main, movies also. The main I watched the main plot and I can at least attest that that one was it was pretty good. It wasn't it was yeah. If you're looking for a space opera with big space battles, I'd say that's definitely the one to go to. Um, this the spaceships and space battleship Yamato are CGI, but it doesn't look awful, so I can forgive that. Um, and that one also has a great opening, but yeah. If, you want to watch a space opera? Um, just skip over Macross. Watch some space battleship Yamato. Would be it's much more worth your time. It even it even has a high say type character and a Hikaru type character, and there's no love triangle. Is there a Minmei type character? There. I kind of want to say there is, but there isn't. There's this one girl who does a radio on board the ship. And she like gives them messages from Earth and plays um, like old records during their downtime. But that's about it. And she actually ends up being a semi-important character to the plot. But yeah, I like that one. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, basically, we recommend anything, any other mecha thing, at least that I've seen, to you other than Macross. Um, because... Maybe it was. Maybe it's extremely important. Sure, but uh, you can appreciate that from afar. You do not have to watch it because 
it does not hold up. And I'm assuming that the people who watched this watched this a long time ago and just have their nostalgia glasses on and only remember like the the robots and that's it. So but yeah, that's super dimensional space fortress macross. Very disappointing. Can't wait to watch um more Gundam and actually watch some good mecha again. Yes. But yeah, I think that's the end of our second mecha extravaganza. This one came out a lot sooner than I thought it would be compared like away from the other one because we were really slogging through Macross. But I think at some point we decided we just ha- we just need to get all this out so we don't have to deal with this anymore. So we just binged a lot of it. Just to get the pain over with. Just to get it over with. Yeah. Yeah, we, we contemplated just like quitting and going back to Gundam quite a few times. But we every time we were like, no, we're too far in. We should have known better. But we did it. We watched should it. We should, yeah. we should have just quit after Roy Fokker died. Yep. Little did we know it does not get any better after that. Anyways. But yeah, yeah we, we did it for you, the listener, so that you can know to avoid it. Unless you want to be that one guy who's like, oh, all 90s anime is good and amazing. What do you mean? Macross is way better than anything else that's coming out today. No. Go watch Gundam. That or just is anything. Literally anything else. Go watch the live action adaptation of He's Expecting. And that's probably going to be more interesting than Macross. Maybe. You know, maybe we're underestimating He's Expecting. You, I am going to read this manga. I, I guarantee you. I've been watching GTO, so that's probably what I'm going to review next. But if if it's short, I think I might add this as he's expecting as a little add-on, as a little prelude to GTO. But yeah, I think that's the end of our second Mecha Extravaganza episode. So go out there and watch some more Mecha. Do you have any ending remarks mark well um i will see you again at ragnarok at ragnarok that is all at ragnarok yes we will meet again at ragnarok all right